0: This is the Cheryl Stroud Skin 365 Expert Podcast, and I'm Cheryl Stroud. Today we are chatting with Shelley Hancock, one of the many trailblazers of our industry. Shelly, also known as the Gadget Gal, is one of the most trusted aesthetic advisors in the beauty industry and founder of Shelly Hancock Consulting, an organization dedicated to helping aestheticians. Take their businesses and careers to the next level. Shelly is also the founder of Real Transformation Skin Care Centers, offering the latest cutting edge technology in anti aging and acne. Before we get started, let's get to know a little bit more about Shelly. After owning a successful skin care center for 15 years, Shelly expanded her focus so she could provide a deeper level of service to her fellow estheticians. Through hands on training, workshops, and private consultations, she has now connected thousands of beauty business owners with aesthetic equipment that attracts a higher level of client and helps build a more successful practice. In addition to being the owner and head trainer at Shelly Hancock Consulting, Shelly is hands on at her two real transformation skincare centers, both located in California. When she is not teaching, training, coaching, or working with clients, you just might find her recording voiceovers for commercials. Shelley lives each day by the motto that what you think about and talk about, you bring into your life. So you better choose wisely. Shelley has written three books as guides for estheticians to follow so they can be successful. Her first two books, The Esthetician's Guide, to Outstanding Aesthetics Volumes 1 and 2, Volume 1 brings the expertise of 17 industry experts into your living room, and Volume 2 teaches practical methods and techniques for succeeding in the skincare industry. Today we're going to talk about Shelley's third book, An Esthetician's Journey to Success where Shelley shares valuable insights and lessons from her long successful career in the beauty industry. Shelley hopes that her stories encourage you to push through fear when opportunity knocks. Her experiences can inspire you to let the excitement of what the future can bring be much bigger than the fear of the moment. Her wish is that by the time you finish reading about her journey, you will be ready to take a leap of faith in your own career I'm glad to have you today Thank you. and Thank you. you have been a mentor to me ever since I had another career I was in marketing before becoming an aesthetician. so as soon as I entered aesthetic school I was you know I'm always curious I'm always looking so I found you right away and I started following you and listening to you you're a really great mentor For I think estheticians, but just people in general you have a very positive Message that you always give to everybody Thank you So I I got I got a hold of your estheticians guide to outstanding aesthetics book and Read that and then found out that you had a volume two So i got a hold of that and I highly recommend both books for people who are looking to hear what other good estheticians are doing out there in the um, industry but I know that you have something new coming out that you really wanted to talk about. So let's, let's just dive right in and talk about your new thing. So there's actually a story
1: behind the other two books that led to this book. Sure. So do you want me to tell you all that now? Or do you want me to
0: tell us how these two books came about and then how this new one uh, came to fruition?
1: Yeah. Um, So it was very interesting. I've always wanted to write a book. Ever since I was a little kid, I always wrote stories when I was a little kid and, um, I always wrote great newsletters to my clients and then to the estheticians. Um, but the thought of writing a whole book has always been very daunting to me. Oh, do I have the time? Do I have enough to say? All that kind of stuff. And years ago, I got approached by a company that was doing an anthology book of um, successful entrepreneurs. And an anthology book is where each chapter is written by a different author. And in that particular book, every author was from a different um, industry. And I was the only beauty industry person in there. So I got to write one chapter and I thought, wait, this is great. This is a good way for me to kind of dip my toes into writing. So I wrote my one chapter and we went through the whole bit of publishing that book and everything. And I had an aha moment in the middle of that book. It was like, wait a minute. This isn't really about me being in that book. This is about me starting to work on an anthology book for our industry. And I got super excited about it, and that's where The Esthetician's Guide to Outstanding Aesthetics, Volume 1, came in place. And my idea with that one is um, all the authors in there are successful um, entrepreneurs in our industry, and I wanted them to write a little bit about their journey to success. Because I kind of feel that estheticians sometimes get stuck in a little treatment room by themselves, and they need some inspiration they need to know how this person became successful so they can say oh if they can do that i can do that as well so volume one is all estheticians talking about their journey to success and then as we're finishing up that book i'm like i'm ready for volume two now and i thought let's do another volume that's all technical so i started to gather people in the industry that specialize in different tech technical parts of the industry modalities products, uh, ingredients, that kind of thing. So I gathered 17 more authors to make volume two, and it's all very technical. And then I started writing my own book because I really wanted to share my complete journey of my almost 33 years in the industry now. So um, (laughs) interesting with COVID, I've had plenty of time to write. So I actually got to finish the whole book off during this, this time. And it's at the end of the editors, almost done, and I hope to launch it in mid to late September. So that is going to be my complete journey, one chapter, and then another section of it's going to be just things I've learned along the way in 33 years. Some of them are very simple and common sense, but I think we get into business and sometimes we forget those common sense things. You know, some of them are mistakes that I've made the long way, along the way. And if an esthetician can read that and go, ooh. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Or there's things that that were really successful for me. So I like to share those with other estheticians. And then I do talk about different modalities in there as well. And then the last section is our money mindset. I I hear a lot when I'm talking to estheticians, oh, I'm so afraid. I'm afraid I'm not going to make the rent this month. I'm afraid the clients aren't going to come back. I'm afraid if I buy this piece of equipment, I'm not going to be able to pay it off. Fear, fear, fear i want to talk to them about changing their money mindset so i have a whole section on that as well so this has been a fun journey to finally write a full book and go through the whole process of uh publishing it myself um, and like i said it should be out some mid to late september
0: so shelley how did you find people to write those chapters uh oh the, on the first
1: two books mm-hmm. you know being in the industry so long i know a lot of people so um, I just started approaching people with it and everybody really loved the idea because a lot of people want to get out there just like me and, and get, get written about, about them, but they don't have the time to write a whole book. So it was actually very easy to get the authors to help with the anthology books.
0: With this new book, what do you want to tell us what your story is, like what the beginning part of that book is about?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. It's a, it's a long story, but it just it's kind of unique the way I got in this industry. I was one of those uh, 20-something-year-olds that didn't know what she wanted to do with her life, and it went from job to job <laughs> to job. And I um, finally got a job behind the Clinique counter at Macy's. And it was really interesting. I had no sales background. I don't wear makeup. Didn't then. I don't now. But somehow I got that job. And three months later, I won sales salesperson of the whole department, not just the clinic counter, the whole department. And that kind of started my journey into um being an aesthetician. and it's it's really interesting because I like to tell that story that I had no background, but how did i how did I become successful? How did I even get the job? And it's about going into a job, into an interview with a a confidence, not a cockiness. <laughs> a confidence about yourself that even if you don't know something, you let the people that are interviewing you know that you can learn, know that you're a quality employee. Because I think a lot of estheticians come out of school and they feel like, oh, I don't have any background. I don't have any, um, you know, I've never been an esthetician before. Don't go into an interview that way. Go in there with your chest puffed up a little bit. Let them know that you're confident you can learn whatever they have to teach you. And that's how I got that job. And then when I was talking to all those people that came to the Clinique counter, I wasn't trying to sell them. I was listening to what they had to say, and I was trying to help what their issue was, right? And sometimes the counter, because Clinique was not the right product for them. Now, Clinique didn't like that so much, but in the long run, it ended up making me salesperson of the month because I was selling a lot of things, but I wasn't really selling I was sharing and I was taking care of a problem for all these clients that came in. But I didn't like the job. I didn't like standing behind a counter, a bunch of women just kind of gabbing, you know, kind of thing. And also pressure. Uh, every month they looked at your sales or you're making enough sales, all that kind of stuff. It just wasn't my thing. So the really funny part about this is I quit and I got a job at a dermatology office uh, doing computer work. Third day there, I'm sitting there doing my computer work and the dermatologist comes up and he taps me on the shoulder and he says, Shelly, what I really need is a back office assistant. Can I train you to be my assistant? I I don't know anything about dermatology at all. I'm a computer girl here, um, but I was ready for something really different and my, you know, just wanted to change. So I said, yeah, if you're going to train me, sure. So I go home and I buy my white slacks and my white shoes and I come in the next day and they give me a white lab coat and I'm feeling really official. And they tell me to go back to treatment room number three and observe the treatment in progress. Cool. All I have to do is observe. So I saunter on back to treatment room number three and I open the door to a liposuction on a woman's stomach. She's Mm. laying back on a table, tubes coming out of her stomach. I can see the fat going through the tubes. I'm about to pass out and somebody escorts me out of the room before I hit the floor. And I'm thinking, seriously, a liposuction on my first day, (laughs) you know? So that was my introduction into the whole world of skincare. And it just kind of took off from there. It's a long story. And I tell the whole thing in the book because there's a lot of things to learn from it. And one of the main things I really want to get across to estheticians as well is let go of that fear and leap. I took so many leaps in my career sometimes i fell down a little bit and i got up brushed myself up and went in another direction but if you never leap, you never know what's going to happen you know back then i had no clue that i'd buy a spa that i'd turn i'd buy i'd I'd turn that into a training center that i'd be a radio show host for a year and a half that i'd write three books i had no clue back then i'd do any of that had i been too afraid to jump i would never experienced all of that
0: Shelley, can you share, though, how you get over your fears? Because a lot of people, I think, that's what they need to hear is how everybody else does it, because it's easy to say, just do it. The actual tips are an example that you had to really get through a fear to go do something.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, and I spend most of my time... When I do consultations on the phone with estheticians, we actually spend most of our time talking about just that versus how do I use a piece of equipment or what should I do? It's about how do I get past the fear of moving forward? And I think everybody's going to handle it a little bit different. I have a personality type that just goes full speed ahead and I'm not afraid to fall down. Some people are so afraid. I talk to people that are getting their business started and they have to have every single thing in place and ready to go before they open the doors. And sometimes it takes them six months. They've got that lease, they're already paying on it, but it's been six months and they haven't opened the door because everything has to be absolutely perfect. And I'm like, no, it doesn't just open the doors. You know, I think in our industry, this is such about connecting with people that, that personal connection that if your brochure is not perfect, they don't care. You know, they care about that connection with you. That's the most important thing. So just, um, figure out, I always say figure out your own way of doing things. And I know that's not a very good answer to it, but we all have got to do what kind of feels comfortable. And maybe it is just baby steps instead of big, huge leaps, like what I am, you know, what I tend to do. But I, I want you to let the, the excitement of the outcome be bigger than the fear of what's going on right now that makes
0: sense. Yeah, that's really nice. And then I did read, and if you don't mind me um, going into this, is that you sort of got thrown into buying someone else's spa while you were at the dermatologist, and then she left and didn't come back. So then that had to be a huge fear. So maybe we could use just that example maybe is how you got past that and just did it, even though that's your personality, but that's like a big commitment.
1: It was, yeah. I, I was working, I had a really good job at a dermatology office, and got a phone call from a lady that I knew that owned a small spa. She says, "Shell, I just got the opportunity to go to New Mexico and be the the director of their a spa that they're opening up there, and I need somebody to come run my skincare center, uh, and I want that somebody to be you." And I'm thinking, at that point, I'd been an esthetician about 18 months, and I'd only worked in a doctor's office. I do I knew nothing about the spa world. And then she says, oh, and I need to know by tomorrow morning because I have to leave tomorrow afternoon. And there was like a dead silence on the phone. (laughs) I'm thinking, well, seriously. Okay. So I didn't sleep a wink that night. And I literally was going back and forth. Okay, I've got a solid job here that I've created, security at the dermatology office. But wow, there's an opportunity to run a spa. Uh, but I've got the security here at the dermatology office. But oh, wouldn't it be neat to run a spa myself? What opportunity there could be? I mean, it was back and forth and back and forth. And I finally thought, Shelly, you'd be silly if you pass this up. You're being handed an opportunity. You've got to go for it, even if it, even if you're afraid about it. You've got to go forward. So I called her in the morning. I said, okay, let's do this. She says, come on over. <laughs> we spent three hours in her spa, showing me where everything was. Uh, how her bookkeeping and all this kind of stuff, and she took off, and I literally never saw her. And I sat there with this spa, no employees. It was just it was just me in a four room medical office. Um, and I I remember my first day just sitting there going, oh, what have I done? <laughs> you know, and I don't know what I do next. And I realized after kind of getting into it a little bit. The reason she wanted to leave it was a dying business. There was hardly any clients on the books, but I took that as an opportunity to like, okay, let I'm not gonna fail. I am not going to fail at this. So what do I have to do? So I just took it one day at a time. And the main thing I did was I showed up every day, whether I had a client or not. I was in there at nine o'clock. If I didn't have anybody, I dusted, I vacuumed. I moved things around because I think it's really important to put your energy into what you want to be successful. And I believe now, that was back in the 90s, cell phones weren't as big of a thing back then. And I think now because we have cell phones, we think we can be anywhere and still answer a business phone call. And my belief is just, if you want something to be successful, you have to put your attention completely to it. Can't be shopping, lunching with the girls and answering a business phone call. It's just that, that, and I have this thing about energy, it's an energy thing. Yeah. Um, so I just took it a day at a time and I was present every single day. And I didn't talk about the way things were. I talked about the way I want them to be. So like when a client came in and they said, how you doing? And it was Thursday and they were my first client that week. I didn't say oh, oh my gosh it's so slow I can't believe it but I'm doing everything I can. I'd say oh my gosh everything is fabulous. I'm so excited. Business is is great. I was I would talk like I wanted it to be. But again, it's that energy thing. And then clients were just really drawn to me. They were really they were drawn to my excitement. I have this childlike excitement. Everybody's got to find their own way of doing it, but people were drawn to that and business just started to grow and I Fifteen years later, I had a booming business
0: that I sold. So, Shelley, let's dissect this a little bit, because that's <laughs> like that's just almost an amazing story like that it rarely happens to a lot of people. But it does happen. Opportunities not as big as that do happen to a lot of people. And the first thing they would say when she said, I need to know by tomorrow, most people would be like, oh, you know what, I'm just going to pass, you know, or they're going to talk to somebody really quick overnight and be talked out of it. Oh, what are you thinking that, Oh, are you, this is over your head. Do you, you don't have a business acumen when you were just in that moment of overnight going back and forth, back and forth, did you write like a pros and cons list? Did you talk to anybody? Did you just sit quiet yourself and just decide for yourself? Like how did that part actually work?
1: Yeah. Um, I sat quiet by myself. And this was this was not anything I was aware of back then. I was only in my 20s. You know, I didn't have a lot of knowledge about a lot of things then. But for some reason, I just sat by myself. Now, knowing what I know at, at almost 60 years old here, we let people influence us a lot. And we listen to other people's thoughts and ideas about things too much. And we, then we push down our own energy about something. You know, so I've learned over the years to not, you know, sometimes, yes, we have to ask the counsel of somebody else, but we really need to dig deep and do what we want to do and not listen so much to everybody else. And I'm really glad that I didn't because probably if I would have talked to a lot of people back then, they would have said, oh, you're crazy. You have this great job over at the dermatology office, you know, but because I just just really got quiet and listened to what I felt was right for me, I made the right move.
0: And then it's right for you at the time too because we're always allowed to change our minds just that everybody thinks that once I make up my mind and if I don't follow through then I'm a failure right yes but if you are listening for right now and you change your mind that's okay boy I talk about that a lot to estheticians yeah
1: and I've said it a couple times already here and this is if you fall down it's okay it's really okay that doesn't mean you're a failure what you happened to try to do didn't work but you are not a failure you can still go in another direction and that's i think one thing that i just have never been afraid of of doing and trust me i could write a whole book on failures too but i prefer to talk about the good stuff okay
0: right. so then you she you go the next day you decide to say yes and she shows you around and you just had that energy of this is something new and great, or or did you think you were working for her at first?
1: Well, I was working for her at first. She got a percentage of everything, you know, that came in, and it was really, I think, maybe three months later. Um, I'm a really hard worker, and I really started to see this business, this dying business, grow. And before I got further into working for her, I wanted to know if she was coming back or not and if she was coming back then i didn't feel like i wanted to put my energy i think i already instinctually knew i was an entrepreneur and i'm better working for myself than somebody else so i called her up i said do you think you're going to come back and she said no i think i want to stay here and that's when we started the negotiation about buying the business from her and and that's really a good point actually that i want to that I say to estheticians a lot, think through for yourself, are you an entrepreneur or are you an employee, right? Because if you are an employee type and you try to go out and to be an entrepreneur, it's gonna be hard to be successful. If you really have that entrepreneurial spirit and you go be an employee for a big spa, you're not gonna like it. You are not going to enjoy it. Sometimes you need to in the beginning just to get a little bit of experience, but then, an entrepreneurial type has to go out on our own. It's just in our bones.
0: It, with that entrepreneurial spirit, how do you think you got it? Was it something that you learned as a child or that was something that was just different than you and maybe some siblings, a, a relative, family member? Like, How do people identify that entrepreneurial personality?
1: Yeah. Um, well, my dad owned his own business. He was an accountant, so he worked for himself. So I watched him as a child always working for himself and I realized in the very beginning when I started you know working, uh, I was like one of those uh, mm, take charge, do things even when I wasn't told to do them you know I, it wasn't like I, I always sat back and just I only did what I was told to do. I was always that hmm I was you know up forward and doing what needed to be done kind of person and that's an entrepreneurial spirit.
0: You mentioned that your new book, which we didn't say, what's the new name? Are you allowed to share the new name? Oh, yes. An Esthetician's Journey to Success, Inspiration, and Proven Techniques. So you said the middle of your book, new book is tips and things that you learned along the way, either not to be repeated or possibly <laughs> to be repeated. Do you want to share like one or two of those? Yeah, sure. In fact, the
1: very first mistake I made when I took over that business um, after we negotiated, and I then became the owner, I was there one day, no clients, but I was there, and a very well-dressed gentleman walked into my office and started telling me about some marketing that all the businesses in town were doing. And he was very smooth and fast-talking, and he's like, oh, and if you, don't get, if you don't jump on this, you're not a very good business person and you're not gonna succeed, and like he was going and going, and, and being a new person, a new business person, I'm, I could feel my energy getting caught up as in energy. I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. I have to do that. Okay. And before you knew it, I was signing on the dotted line for $950. I never verified with all the other businesses in town, whether they were being successful with this marketing or if they were even doing it. I was just taking this gentleman's word for it and signed a contract on it. And what this advertising was, you know, when you go to the grocery store, the the drugstore and you check out and you get your receipt, on the back of that receipt are some coupons, right? So after this was all said and done, I said to myself, ah, Shelly, you have never looked on the back of a receipt when you got your, you know, I've never seen those coupons. So what made me think that everybody else was doing that? I did not get one single phone call from my $950. Uh, that was a waste of money so i call it getting caught up i got caught up in this gentleman's spill in his energy instead of being grounded and saying oh that sounds really good may i have some referrals and checking it out um estheticians do this a lot at trade shows you get there to those trade shows that energy the lights the music you get into that booth and they're talking to you fast and it's almost like if you leave the booth you leave the booth you don't get this discounted rate you know i got caught up once at a trade show to a fifteen thousand dollar hydro massage bed that i did not need (laughs) you know so um just staying grounded and sometimes now i even tell estheticians when you're at a trade show if you feel that feeling like they're really pushing you to buy something call me right then and there from the trade show call me i probably have some experience with that particular piece of equipment and i'll tell you truthfully yeah that's great go for it or you know run get out of that booth and run
0: you know we get caught up
1: have to stay grounded if we if we don't want to waste a lot of time and money
0: and that's uh a little bit of like uh planning your business too right that do you have any advice on how how somebody should plan even if it's not a big business plan because that can be scary but just to have thought to paper so they could go over the shopping list or go with,
1: I think that's probably a good idea that I probably should have followed years ago. (laughs) I did not have a plan. I literally took it one day at a time and it just, it just grew. Um, but yeah, now, now being, you know, this many years into my career and working with other estheticians, I think it's good to have a, you don't have to have, like you said, a really, really step-by-step plan, but have some ideas, you know, have a, um, a niche that you want to go toward. I think it'll save you a lot of headache and time and money in the long run. If you have a better idea of really where you want to go, but don't be afraid, right? If that path gets stopped, you kind of get a little bit of a dead end to fork off into another direction. Don't be afraid of that.
0: Well, Shelley, just think about it. When we were in our twenties, we didn't have any, any of the things that are here today, right? We barely had women working in the workforce, so we didn't have mentors. Of other women working in the workforce to help us along then forget about business planning uh, information and then no podcast or radio stations geared to women to talk about their kind of businesses that were unique to you know their business their services to other women so the audience today has all your books and your radio station and all the other things you're doing, you're you're consulting, and then they have this podcast and Dermalogica's podcast and all kinds of things to hear it over and over, to so that they can hear all of us saying the same thing, pretty much. Of uh, you yeah. know, take a breath, take a beat. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, there are some fabulous mentors out there, but like back in the 90s when I started, I had no one to talk to. It was just basically trial and error. So I do nudge the estheticians out there to take advantage of all this free education that's out there for them. And that doesn't mean you have to take in everything that you hear, but grab onto those things that really resonate with you and then use them in your own business, in your own career. Um, Yeah, we've got some great mentors that are willing to share. That's one thing also is uh, I hear a lot that, you know, estheticians aren't willing to share. And yet there's a lot of them that are kind of stingy with their ideas and what they're doing, which I've always felt was a little bit sad. I've always said, I don't care if there's an esthetician right next door to me. It doesn't matter because we all are going to attract a different type of person. And there's a lot of people in this world to work on their faces. So it really doesn't matter at all. There's, it's not a competition between us. In fact, you know, this is an old saying, but whatever you put out, you get back again. So be generous with your help of other aestheticians.
0: I actually learned that lesson as well. Uh, I, when I first entered the um, aesthetics field, I came up with this idea and I had a business plan, and went to a guy who was um, creating products and um, manufacturing products. So I thought it would be a good synergy and I gave him everything without even thinking. And then I got crazy and upset When I was like, Oh, you know, I gave him everything. And luckily um, someone said to me, Cheryl, but it's, it's your vision and he doesn't know how to implement it and he doesn't know. So it's okay. It'll be okay. He's, he he won't have the energy to implement what you did. And even if he does, it'll be something totally different because he doesn't, he won't know your vision. It's not in his head. It's in yours. Yeah. So, yeah. So true. So I think so that sharing of information is just okay because it's going to turn, it's going to come out to be something else.
1: I and I find a lot of estheticians want me to give them word by word of things to say, you know, to their clients, and we all just have different personalities, you know. So I always say to them, here's the verbiage, but come, you know, work with it to come out your way, you know. Like if somebody tries to do this childlike energy that I have. And they don't have that personality type. It's not going to come across genuine, right. and you're not going to connect with that client. So if you're more, you know, shy and timid, you still have to come up, you still have to come across to your client to connect with them. But trying to be something that you aren't is not going
0: to work. If we can touch on the third part of your new book, uh, money mindset, because I think that's also a huge area where most estheticians, but women as well, have a, a fear. A wall that they can't get past money in all shapes of any kind. So, yeah. what does that look like for you? Yeah. They,
1: sorry for the pause there. I had to think about how I want to how I want to say this. Um, I talked about estheticians like this all the time. It's like they haven't raised their prices in 20 years. You know, they're so afraid they're going to lose the client. If they raise their prices and I'm going to tell you a client is never going to come to you and say, you know, your prices are kind of low. Don't you think it's about time you raise your prices?" That's never going to happen. Right. So you have to take it upon yourself. You have to know that you're worth it. You know what you're what you're giving to them is worth uh, the money. Now, I, I do have to say, I feel like we make really good money in this industry and we love what we do and we make people feel so good that sometimes I do feel a little bit. I don't know, guilt is the word but like taking the amount of money we take for a facial when it's something I enjoy so much it, I feel a little weird about it at times what we do is more than just a facial you know we're working with them psychologically actually too feeling better about themselves so we really give a, a, a good service so know your worth. just kind of know your worth, and and make sure you ask for that oh yes it's a hard thing you know, it's a very hard thing. I always tell estheticians when they bring on a new piece of equipment, new cutting-edge piece of equipment, that's a good time to raise their prices a little bit. Well, it doesn't have to be a lot. You don't have to raise that facial fifty more dollars, but a little increment of ten, fifteen, twenty dollars. You're not going to lose clients by raising that little bit. If you do, they're not your client that you really want anyway. But your solid clients that love you, they're not going to say boo about that. Um, there's also this fear when they purchase a piece of equipment, am I going to be able to pay it off? I have literally always paid every piece of equipment off in one month or less always, even if it was like 10 or $15,000, it's because I get this excitement about this piece of equipment that I bring forward to my clients. They want to give it a try. I always offer them a special for a series of treatments. When I get a new piece of equipment, for a really good deal. And I get so many people signing up for that that within sometimes even a week, I have that piece of equipment paid off. I let them in on it, like in on my new fun thing. Um, and then they get excited and they go tell other people and it draws more people to my business. So uh, it's a hard thing to say, how do you let go of that fear? Because everybody's gonna have a different way of doing it.
0: Well, when you do, when you get a new device, it, it's usually pre-planned that you're you know, in your budget for the year or that you're thinking about it when it comes along you don't like <laughs> <laughs> i am not a pre-planner
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> no it'll be like on a whim for me i know it's, so, it's it's just worked for me like oh my gosh there's a new shiny toy <laughs> i need this toy and, but my clients have been with me so long and they trust me so much sometimes all i have to do is send an email and say oh my gosh you guys i have this new toy coming Sign up for a series of treatments now for a certain price, and they pay, and sometimes it's even paid for before I even get it, you know. You just kind of come up with these interesting ways of, of getting your clients involved in the things you're doing. They love it. It's exciting for them to, be able to kind of be involved in something new you're bringing aboard.
0: Well, I, I was leading – you hopefully but I guess you're you're more impulsive than I thought um, to promote it before like you said before you even get the device so that people are ready to buy or have already booked before you even gotten it I had a uh, girlfriend who owned a clothing store and she was so good at that because I don't really enjoy shopping I like to get dressed up and I'm um, is my favorite season and that's what I think when I do my most shopping but other than that and she used and I I guess I tend to wear looser clothes and she used to pull my shirts and say, look at this body, it's so great. And then she'd go to her shows and while she's at the shows, she would not only call me, but all her clients and say, I see something here for you. And when I bring it back, I want you to come in and try it on. So she sort of pre-sold us the clothing, even though you didn't maybe want it or need it or whatever, but she got us in to try it on. And then she got me... She listened though, like you said, you have to really listen to people because she listened that I didn't really enjoy shopping. So she got me there four times a year, all the seasons to shop. And then every other time she didn't, wouldn't bother me. But if I happened to walk in, you know, or, or, you know, we were having lunch together, then she might mention something, but she um, honored the fact that I didn't enjoy it, but she knew that I would come in and do a pretty good damage on those seasonal um, shopping moments. So that's what it, maybe one fear of getting over the mindset money mindset is getting clients to pre-buy those packages. The facial package that was great
1: customer service on that woman. That that is absolutely a perfect story, and that's something I always say to my clients. Definitely customer service, and I loved how you said she listens to you. So when you know when we have clients come in and they say things. If you can't remember it all, write it down in their charts so that you know things about them. And when you begin to build that trust with them, and you have a new product that comes in. All you have to do is call them and say, oh, my gosh, I got this new product, and you're the first person I thought of. You know, I've, I've even done this now to the estheticians that work with me, and they trust me so much. The other day I had somebody, okay, send me 10 bottles of it. They haven't even tried it yet, but they just trust me. You know, um, And that's something we need to build with our skincare clients.
0: And then what other things do you see with the money mindset that, um, are hurdles with estheticians it, it, like saving it or that they can't handle it? Cause a lot of women feel that they can't even handle money. Do you see that a lot when you're consulting with estheticians? I
1: don't hear about that a lot. Interestingly enough, I do think that when we're a solo esthetician, you know, trying to run a business by ourselves, everything gets put back into the business and we forget to pay ourselves. You know, we've got to pay enough, you know, we've got to have enough to live, but we don't take aside for savings and that kind of thing. Um, and that's not my, that's not my forte. So I'm not much help with people on that part. Uh, cause I, 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 too just like to, Ooh, let's put it back in and get the next shiny toy and that kind of thing. Um, so,
0: but yeah, so you consult with estheticians on their business and their mind and just their mindset in general of being more positive. Tell us more about that. Like your how you consult with um, estheticians.
1: Yeah, I, there's there's something to this whole idea of keeping your mind on how you think how you want things to be, instead of how they are, unless how they are is how you want them to be. <laughs> if that makes sense, you know I, I do. I spend a lot of time on the phone listening to people. This is gonna sound mean, but blah 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 about how slow they are how you know how afraid they are just all and i'll say okay now how do you how do you want it to be and I, and I try to steer them in a direction of talking about how they want it to be you can hear the energy start going up and the excitement started happening when they start talking about how they want things to be the people it's human nature just go right back to the muck i call it being in the muck yeah. you know it's easy for us to stay in that muck so i always try to gently kind of steer people away from it a little bit and start thinking about how they want things to be. Uh, I, that's what I spend a lot of my time doing is that cause it's just human nature. It's, it's survival instinct, you know?
0: Yeah. So, um, in your business, how do you keep people, how often do you have to speak to someone to keep them in that energy level to, to make action happen and keep them from sliding? What are some tips and tricks for someone to yeah. keep themselves think... at that end?
1: I think sometimes it's just an ear, like somebody to listen to them, you know, but there's there's listening that's going to help them and there's listening that's gonna keep them in the muck, right? So we could be upset about something we could call a girlfriend who's in the same kind of mood and we could just stay down in that muck for hours and, and, you know, it could become quicksand. We can make each other worse. Or you could pick up the phone and talk to somebody like me who will listen to you for a minute because you need to kind of get it out, but then say, okay, Let's switch directions now. You know, you, you you need to hang around people that aren't going to let you stay in that negative mindset. If you're with those people that are, you're just going to go down together.
0: Like energy draining, right? That like when you're re- we're around people and if you start oh. paying attention to that, that you have to eventually decide that you don't really want to be in there anymore. within in that negative energy field. Yeah.
1: And it's hard if it's a family member or a close friend, you know, to cut the conversation short or just say, you know what? Ooh, I really don't want to, this is not the direction I want to go today. You know, let's, let's talk about happy, positive things, <laughs> you know, because the more you talk about the positive things, the more positive things come into your
0: life. I just 100% believe. That. So Shelley, is there anything else you want to tell us about your new book that we haven't talked about yet?
1: No, just when it comes out buy it, just because I'm just so excited to share with everybody about it. And I'm going to be having some, um, Specials in September for it and my other two books because on September 12th, I turned 60 So I'm going to be doing a a lot of birthday gifts for everybody else for my birthday
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Congratulations Ah. (laughs) (laughs) And then comes too fast. Yeah, and then are there anything? uh, Are there any other things that you do other than writing books? currently that you want people to know about just
1: that I'm here. Uh, I hear a lot when people buy things uh, that, that they can't get anybody on the phone to talk to. Um, I pick up the phone a lot, and it's absolutely hilarious. I'll pick the phone up, and I'll, there'll be a pause, and then all of a sudden you hear, is this really you? Is this is this really Shelly? <laughs> you sound like your your videos. <laughs> i like, well, I hope so. You know, they're just so surprised when I pick the phone up, that's my passion, that's my love. Now, sometimes by about three or four o'clock in the afternoon, I've talked so much that I'm tongue-tied, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's what I enjoy doing, is helping other estheticians. So I just want you to know that I'm here to reach out to.
0: So um, do you still represent um, devices?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, that's a, lots of toys, and and I'm always looking for new things and testing them out, so anything you see on my website, I've tested for a minimum of a month to make sure that it's a quality piece of equipment, it's worth the money they're asking for, and the company that I'm working with has integrity, that's super important to me, that the company we're getting the, the equipment from is going to be there if something happens to the piece of equipment, it's going to back us up, so I really look into that as well, so yeah, I spend a lot of time doing that.
0: So what's your favorite um, toy of the moment that you would like to let people know about? <laughs>
1: it's kind of like asking who's my favorite child, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I love all
1: my toys. I really, I seriously can't say, I have to say I love having a lot of different toys to um, work with because when clients come in, they never know what I'm going to use on them. So it's fun for them. We don't get stuck in a rut. It, it, sometimes they'll lay down and like, what are you going to use on me today, Shall I'm like, I don't know. Let's just see. So it keeps that excitement going. And I, I really want to speak to the, the idea of the, I call them toys. Um, I do that because I have fun with them. I enjoy finding them and testing them and making up protocols for you, ways of using them in treatment. I just really enjoy them. I think we should be playful. Now, does that mean I'm not professional about it? No. I've, I've been called out by a few estheticians for calling them toys because it's not very professional. Well, if I have a new client come in, am I going to say, well, let me see what toy I'm going to use on you today? No, I know better than that, (laughs) you know? But let's lighten up a little bit. People are attracted to uh, the the good energy of playfulness, so let's not take it so seriously. We can have that balance between playfulness and professionalism.
0: Absolutely. The more you're having
1: fun, the more successful you're going to be.
0: So, Shelley, um, I really – want to thank you for sharing all this information i'm like those ladies um or estheticians that call you and say is this really you because when i got a hold of you and uh contacted you i was thrilled that you said yes so how does somebody else um find you on your website instagram facebook whatever handles any phone number you want to give um this is the time for us to for you to share it and let us know what you're doing
1: Thank you. Uh, Website is just my name, ShellyHancock.com. And Shelly is with an EY. And I have a Facebook group called Shelly Show and Tell. That's a fun group. And um, phone number 925-392-8114. And I actually start picking up the phone at 7 a.m. Pacific time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe you should not have shared
1: that part. <laughs> and and if you really want to have a good conversation with me, make it earlier in the day because, like I said, trust me, by about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> sometimes I don't make sense.
0: <laughs> and then, Shelly, um, did I get this right or maybe I didn't I'm misunderstood, but you consult with um, estheticians as a business consultant as well?
1: I do. I do. And
0: what I have them do is,
1: uh, be- but at least 24 hours ahead of time, I have them write me an email with as much information as they can with what they want to talk about, because I want to really be able to start formulating some ideas in my mind, and I don't want to spend their 45 minutes talking about what they want to talk about. I want to know it already so we can really get into the meat of things during that time.
0: Okay. And then the email to do that would be what? Contact me at ShellyHancock.com all right so anybody who wants to do that they can time to send it to you right away and then uh, get your services started yep yep i love it so shelley was there anything that we didn't discuss today that you would like to share with us
1: no i think you had some great
0: questions i really appreciate it this was fun thank you oh thank you it was so great talking with shelley and i want to wish her a happy birthday i hope you enjoyed listening as much as i enjoyed speaking with her. I'm Cheryl Stroud, and you've been listening to Skin365.expert, the podcast. You can follow Skin365.expert and Cheryl Rushy Stroud on Instagram or visit us on Skin365.expert on the web. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Skin365.expert conversation. Thank you for listening.